This is Joey Diaz, and you're listening to All You Radio. You're beautiful, baby. Thank you for your time, guys. I love you guys. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ear and listen to OU Radio. So Hello everyone, this is Sasha Bloom with All You Radio. How's everyone doing? I hope you're doing fantastic. I hope you're loving your mother. I hope you called her. Today is Mother's Day. In studio, there's no Sarah Isaacson. I guess she couldn't even tolerate me for one episode. <laughs> <laughs> that dumb voice you hear is uh, Mr. Juggy, Johnny McKeon. How are you, sir? D- I, I'm good, sir. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. You know, it's been a long week. It's been a long life. It's been a long time since I've been on the microphone. A long life. You're 20, what, five? 27. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> So you're co-hosting on Eat Radio again. Yes, I am. I am back. Your voice of choice, Mr. Johnny McKeon. I am back. I should just cut your mic now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's cut that. uh... (laughs) You just cut an audio from all the old episodes. Like, "Eh, that'll be easier. (laughs) Not too sure about this new guy. (laughs) Well, welcome back. Thank you. Proud and happy to have you as my co-host, and this isn't a three-month stint, is it? No, no, I'm I'm here. All right, we're gonna I'm do here. this well. Yeah, Sasha, I, I all you radio man. It's where it's where it helped me find my voice. I I love everything that we've done, you know, and I'm I've missed it frequently, like always. Like it's always there's always gonna be a part of myself that's part of this, you know. And for those who don't know and who are reconnecting with you from a year ago. You're now the voice on Mix 106.7? 107.9 in Salt Lake County and 103.9 in Utah County. What days are you on? Uh, I'm on Saturdays from 6 to 10. 6 to 10 a.m. And you go by Johnny Promo? Yes, I am Johnny Promo for Mix 107.9. I am the promotions director. I will be in, I'm in charge of lots of events. Like we just did an event on Saturday at the Valley Fair Mall, the Mom's Day Diamond Dig. It was amazing. Like we had, you know, let's say... 15 middle-aged people digging through packing peanuts trying to find a diamond. It got a little ugly. There was butt cracks. There was, uh, you know, uh, old women with their pants falling down. It was an interesting situation. But uh, No, our station here at iHeartMedia does the same type of gimmick, and it's really creepy. Yeah. Like, uncomfortably creepy. Like It brings, yeah. I know my mother would never do it, <laughs> and I kind of set all old people like to my mother's standard <laughs> and none of those people come close like do you have price pigs at your remotes and stuff um for yeah sure yeah we have certain people that are on certain lists that mm-hmm. you know that we say oh we think like like uh 
you know, definitely I go through all the entries and stuff. I help select winners, and we come across certain names more often than others. I'll just say that. <laughs> we have a couple of ladies here that enter everything, and, like, they go, like, if there's eight remotes in the Wasatch front that week, they will hit up every single remote. Really? And get, like, a dumb CD or a dumb book or... You're handing out books? Yeah. Really? Yeah. We don't hand out books. Like chicken soup for the soul and like That's fantastic. For the oldies station. Yeah. That know? makes perfect sense. No, I love the idea of that. Like all our station giveaways are to their specific demographic. Interesting. You know? So for rock you get T shirts and stickers and stuff like that. And then with ZHT you get Barbie dolls and crap like that. Interesting. Yeah, we hand out mostly DVDs, movies, the worst uh, movies, tickets. Right? I, I don't know. We have like I I've got some copies of Fifty Shades of Grey for all you ladies out there. Next time you come to the remote, you might win a copy. I also have the soundtrack, which is a really underrated soundtrack, by the way. Like, that is my jam right now. I'm not going to lie. Can you masturbate to that movie, or is it too mild? <laughs> can I, or can the average person? <laughs> can let, this guy? <laughs> let, me, let me put it this way. Uh, plenty of women have been caught in movie theaters for doing that exact thing. The old Pee Wee so. Herman, huh? Yeah, yes, the old Pee Wee Herman. So do they wear skirts or dresses? Uh, they wear handcuffs, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so hot. Yeah. That inspires me to want to go back to movie theaters. Yeah, you should. I should. You should. I mean, are, are you allowed back at a movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> In this town, no. <laughs> So we have a very interesting show. I think we're going to lose track of everything today. Yeah. Our old co-host, uh, Dakota Force, uh, he was in for like eight weeks after you left when Becca was here, and we kind of stopped because the phone lines were so bad up in mm -hmm. KU. Yes. So it just, it was too aggravating. But he's like my hetero life mate. He's one of my best friends. And apparently he was doing LSD in some mountain in New Mexico, oh, and wow. aliens visited him. Okay. I I would love to hear more about so this. So my good friend has either totally gone batshit crazy, or he met aliens. And I was like, I don't even want to hear this. You just call in and you tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be exciting. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, LSD, I don't, I don't know too much about it, like from personal experience or anything like that, but I definitely would love to hear what he has to say about it. Yeah, I never did LSD. I did shrooms once or twice when I was like 16 or 17, and it was too much for me. Like, I yeah. don't like not being in control. Like, I, I could see that. I don't, I don't know. I, you seem like the kind of guy who likes to kind of keep it together. Yeah, and I had like the weirdest trip. Like, we went on this like seven-mile backpacking trip in Kings Canyon, which is where Mount Whitney is in California, and we were on the south fork of the Kern Rivers. So beautiful country, you know, mm -hmm. we brought tons of pot, shrooms, tons <laughs> of alcohol, and it was me and my good buddy back then. And so I take these shrooms and everything starts kind of getting cartoonish, right? Yeah. And then, you know, they got massive trees up in the canyon and all the trees became Russian soldiers. Really? And I started like marching with like my hands behind my back. Really? Around. Yeah, it was like this total past life trip or just total hallucination i don't know was this like a like a like a jewish thing like were you thinking like back in the day like internment camp stuff it or? sure seemed that way yeah like it was not a, like everything was gray and like i could see the, the facial construction of each soldier in their eyes and like they were marching orders and i don't know the language but it certainly wasn't a 
So as I mean, a, it wasn't a romantic language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They weren't speaking like it wasn't like some sweet hot Italian. It was like some scary harsh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you have like a fear of like the Holocaust and stuff like that? Because like like I have fears of being put on an auction block and being a slave, you know? Like I, that's a real fear of mine. I I'm afraid I will get sold for like 80 cents. And I'll be like the only one like that's not even worth a lot of money right now. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm afraid I'll get just pawned off for a nickel. See, that's why I'm such an advocate of LGBT civil rights yes. and liberties. Not so much because I support what they do, because I don't understand it, because yeah. like, I'm a heterosexual man. But once you start destroying gypsies and gays, then it's the Jews and then it's the blacks. Yep, always. And it seems like every 60 years, there's some culture in this world on Earth that wants to destroy the Jews. Yeah. And it's right about 60 years from World War II with ISIS and the Saudi Arabian families. And, you know, I mean, Turkey's starting to get anti-Jew again. And there's a big... Yeah, there is a big rise in Turkey and in Greece, especially with... The, yeah, the Nazi party's starting to rise up again. I've yeah. been reading about oh, that a lot. Oh, in Germany, the, the Third Reich is back yeah. in Germany and in the Eastern Bloc. And even in America, there's, there's a lot of... Like, if you go on Twitter, yeah. like some of the most anti-Semitic stuff you'll ever see. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is not in Alabama. This is in Midvale. Yeah. You know, to keep it local. Yeah. So, yeah, I worry about it. I worry about the human condition all the time because a lot of people don't understand how harsh this world is. Yeah. And I don't think I understand the totality of it either, but I know that there's a lot of people that have an interest in occupying human freedom. Definitely, definitely. There's always one group trying to control another, whether it's for, you know, globalization, whether it's financially, economically, socially, there's always one person trying to control another. And that, and then, you know, like things have been built on the backs of slaves, both, you know, black, Jewish, Chinese, every type. Irish, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, the railroads, the pyramids, the cotton fields. And so that's why I think I'm happy to have you back as a co-host because, you know, here at Earhole Media... We've got too many funny people, like with Jason Harvey and yeah. Natasha Mower and Jackson Banks. Too many Guy hilarious Sedell, people. Guy Sedell and Andy Gold. So I don't think that that's an avenue for us. I mean, if we're going to nah. maybe we'll have Jacob Lee come in once in a while. Yeah. I fucking love him. I love him too. Yes. Um, but I, I really want to take this show and make it more educational and get Utah AIDS Foundation in and Planned Parenthood and see if we can get the occasional representative and senator and. I'm so glad you said that because that's that's the exact sentiment that I'm feeling. Like I, I just want to be honest and I just want to be as real as I can, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like I just I want to be able to tell the truth and I just want to be in a safe place where I can tell the truth and I feel that way here and I feel that way with you, Sasha. That's why when I when I I knew I was coming back when I was graduating and there was no one else I wanted to do a show with except for you. Well, thank you, sir. You're welcome. And I think that in keeping that dialogue of honesty in trying to find slivers of truth, I think that we have to go unclean. Yes, I agree. You know, and... Fucking <laughs> And let me... Because you are an on-air talent. You be careful. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say anything ever again about it, but you be careful. I know that I'll never get on a broadcasting stage in Utah <laughs> for radio, so I'm not worried about it. Like, this fulfills my want to be on radio. Yes, so. definitely. With that said, you just graduated. Congratulations. Thank you. It really hasn't set in yet. Do you think it was worth it going to oh, college? 
That's so funny you bring that up because that <laughs> it's a debate in this city. They, right? I, I was trying to write a speech for that exact thing to give on commencement. It, it's if college was worth it. That was what. So yeah, they emailed me asking me to give me a give a speech, and that was one of the topics. And because of that topic, I couldn't give the speech because I am so torn and conflicted. You know, I don't, I don't believe that college is for everyone. I don't. You know, and I don't know if it is worth it. I know it was worth it for me, for like my own personal growth and needs. You know, like if, if I didn't have school, we wouldn't have this right now. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't know where school begins and ends and with its impact in my life, at least not yet. And hopefully I'll be able to figure that out soon. It's certainly a weird one because I know at the University of Utah in the communication program, it's not well liked in media like they would much rather get their new employees from suu or byu yes i i have seen a lot of that like uh you know um channel four they like to hire a lot of byu students and when they come in they seem to know what they're doing yeah you know they really do same with suu as well and i'm not saying that the u doesn't but i've been impressed with what i've seen it's interesting well it's like you know i work at the pac-12 network and one of their premises is to have students starting to learn media through them. Yeah. And they actually pay them now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah, wow. <laughs> We've come a long way. <laughs> you have no idea how much yeah. resentment I have. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, for those who don't know, I worked like 26 games for free for them, and that's kind of how I stuck and stood out. We we met at a Pac-12 game. That's when we really got to know each other. Yeah, you almost got me fired. Yeah, definitely. Not you, that girl. The girl did. Yeah, she kept celebrating. Yeah. yeah. She was so hot, though. It was like, well, she should. <laughs> <laughs> that dumb bitch, too. Like, I gave her my phone number, and I was like, you know, I was like, ooh. Like, I'll show her around. I'll make myself like a big shot and see if I can get it. Some, you know? Yeah. Never heard anything from her. And, you know, it's funny as that, when I, when you told me that you had asked her out, I instantly took a liking to you because I like a man whose <laughs> whose will is, exceeds his reach. I guess <laughs> for like, I, I guess to, to quote you, uh, outkick your coverage. I believe like I uh, I admire that about you, Sasha. You always want more and you want to go for it. Well, what I want to do right now is I want to go to a quick break. We got Dakota on the phone, and then uh, we'll figure out this acid thing and hallucination and aliens that he dealt with. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, this is Randall Carlisle from ABC4 Utah. Old Ute Radio will be right back after this. Good friend and co-host, Johnny McKeon. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. On the phone right now is another co-host of OU Radio, Dakota Force. How are you, sir? Uh, doing lovely. It's beautiful down here in New Mexico. Are you okay? Always okay. Did you get abducted? <laughs> no, no. Visited, at least. Let's say that again? Visited. Visited. Visited? Yes, visited. What is the only it? good way to put it, I think. 
All right, so start me from the beginning. Start our audience from the beginning. Who, what, when, where, why? Okay, well, um, you know, I had a good old friend coming in town. Um, he's a Navajo Indian. Uh, his grandmother had just died. And so um, on his way back to New York, we figured the uh, best thing to do would be to get a little uh, time with the mountains and the woods and, you know, get him reset. So planned a camping trip out to uh, Hot Spring that's uh, just outside of Silver City here. And uh, just proceeded to get back into the woods. And it was an area that actually had been inhabited by the Anastasi Indians uh, circa 250 B.C. So this is an area of great Native American heritage, an area that's been sacred and inhabited for many, many years, thousands of years, in fact, and seemed to be a good place to bring my good friend uh, to make a little peace with the area after his grandmother's passing and whatnot. So... We set out, and this hot spring is right along the side of the river. We run into a gentleman who has taken care of the hot springs and entices us to make a little bit more of a hike down the river to see some of the Anastasi Indian ruins that are out there. So he tells us about this hieroglyph that is, you know, easily 2,200, 2,400 years old on the side of this cliff face. And we decide to explore it. Uh, go down there, we climb up the side of this hill, and we're along the edge of this cliff face, and it's probably, you know, 40 or 50 feet down to the river. Pretty terrain, lots of loose boulders. But, you know, our interest is pretty peaked to see some, you know, real real Native American. Um, Are you ancient... free climbing this, or is it just bouldering? Uh, it's free climbing. I mean, we're hiking. It's not necessarily like uh, scaling rock face. You know, we had a pretty gradual ascent up to the edge of the sheer cliff, and then there's probably about a, you know, three or four foot wide uh, shale rock face that drops off on another cliff, but you can kind of scurry along the side of that to try and get up to the location. So certainly not easy climbing, and there was definitely a couple of moments uh where we almost kind of tumbled off the side of the cliff. But no injuries were sustained, no major ones. I fell into a sinkhole and cut my hand up, but it's all right. You poor baby. Yes, I know. I know. Life is tough, especially for those who are out there and adventuring. (laughs) (laughs) So this man that introduced you to the hieroglyphics, was he like a men in black type guy where he had an alien inside of his body or was he like a normal person? Well, you know, I think, you know, I don't know how you've sold this whole thing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what I, what I, what I'm most interested in, in, in getting into this experience is not so much necessarily that there's any explanation for what it is, but the fact that there's a necessity to kind of keep our awareness open to, you know, what what other things are possible. I certainly have no explanation, but let's carry on with the story. So we do this we do this experience and it's pretty amazing, you know, getting in touch with two thousand year old Indian ruins and, and things like this and so we get back to the hot spring and, you know, we decide to dabble in a little in a little wildness and um around the time where the sun is setting. You know, the sun has just gone down over the the top of the canyon. We're sitting in this canyon probably about, you know, 150 feet tall and maybe 
50 feet wide. So as the sun disappears over the top of the horizon, there's still some light in the canyon, and the sky is still blue, but the sun's gone. And um, we noticed this very bright light um, right above the uh, profile of the top of the canyon. And it's before kind of any of the stars have come out. It seems excessively bright. So, you know, we don't really pay it too much attention at the time. Um, and kind of continue on, you know, soaking in the hot springs and enjoying the enjoying the beauty of the scenery. And we notice that this, this light's still there as the, as the um, stars start to come up. I know you're colorblind, but what color is this light? Well, um, to be specific, my colorblindness is uh, in a specific spectrum between blue, uh, between uh, red and green. So blues and yellows and whites and everything else. Um, I have a specific area that has a hard time picking up uh, subtle reds and subtle greens. So um, at first, this light is pretty white. It's pretty, you know, it looks a lot like a star. Um, and as it gets darker... At first, the light uh, kind of begins to hover, uh, you know, like it's in one place, but you can see it kind of sliding off to the left and to the right and kind of adjusting altitude and, you know, fluctuating in its area, but not wildly. And, you know, we watch this thing for a while and we're, you know, kind of curious about it. And then um, at one moment, we see it just dart away and it darts over the horizon and we're like, Whoa, you know, that was really weird. You know, there's no there's no fireflies up here. You know, we don't have fireflies. We don't have uh, any kind of glowing insect or any kind of flying thing. So we're a little, you know, surprised at this. And, you know, an hour or so goes by, and we're talking to each other again, and we're saying, hey, you know, I wonder what that thing was. Like, that was really weird, right? Like, I wonder if we're going to see it again. Uh, within less than 10 seconds of us saying that to each other, uh, the same light pops up over the horizon and is sitting in the same location. And this time it's dark. You know, the, the sky is black. The, uh, the moon hasn't come up. We're in this canyon, so it's super dark. You know, you turn off your headlamp and you can't even see the trail anymore. Um, and around the edges of this, uh, this glowing orb that's kind of floating begins, like, what almost looks like camera flashes. You know, there's, like three or four little bursts of, of white light, pop, 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 from one side, and pop, 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 from the other side. And the thing's still kind of hovering and moving. It's, it's not moving a lot, but it's moving enough to be perceived from the distance away that we are. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing this thing, and, and after about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes or so, this thing slips behind the horizon again. Were you and afraid at this point? Like, were you, was... Yeah, were you freaking out? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the, the conversations happening between my friend and I are like, are you seeing this thing move? Holy shit, you're seeing this thing move. Like, can you believe that this thing is actually moving? And I'm like, I don't believe this. Like, something, something's going on. We're trying to, like, explain it away. Like, this is a freaking weather balloon. You know, maybe somebody's got one of those quadcopters, and they're, they're flying it over there. Maybe, like, the uh, like a drone service is practicing to, like, you know, like, nothing can wrap our heads around what's going on. I'm not, like, I'm not a freaking fanatic. I'm not a believer in freaking extraterrestrial life i'm uh, you know like it, I, I consider myself a bit of a scientist like i like to see evidence i don't take things just based on their you know word of merit so he, he me and my friend are running through our heads like 
every possible explanation. Like, this is not what we think it is, right? Like, this cannot be, like, lights don't just move in two directions, you know? Like, I understand, like, the frickin' Earth spinning, and we have constellations around us, and those constellations will set over the horizon. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe we're, like, overthinking this thing, and as it disappeared, like, we just watched one of the stars that we're staring at um, pass over a part of the horizon. Um, but when this thing comes back up the hill, you know, when, when all of a sudden the motion of the universe and the Earth kind of goes in reverse, my head goes, what's going on? You know, this is, this is something that I cannot wrap my head around. I cannot explain it. I don't have the right word for it. Um, and I'm trying to come up with every possible excuse why, you know, there's a possible reason for me to believe that this is something non-man-made, you know. It's the government, you know, flying a drone over us, like, you know, and then I'm like, okay, well, this has happened three times now. This, this has happened the fourth time now. Like, I don't know that I'm involved in anything in my life that would warrant anyone needing to look in on it, especially more than once, you know? Two guys sitting outside of a campfire above a freaking hot spring doesn't really warrant a lot of, uh, you know, shock from whatever governmental organization may or may not be looking in on us with their drone planes, Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm explaining away every other possible solution and, you know, kind of starting to freak out, you know, kind of starting to think what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. But, you know, and at this point, this is the third time this thing comes around and after it's doing this kind of sparkly display around the outside, um, the, the colors uh, at the center of the light begin to kind of fluctuate, like yellow, red, green you know, uh, orange, like the, it's not a static color. It's no longer like easy to mistake from the rest of the stars in the sky, which are maintaining a pretty constant, you know, starry white. This thing is not maintaining that color and it's not maintaining it in a constant flashing as though like, uh, any kind of airplane or anything else, they have standard light patterns that have to flash in certain colors and blah, 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 blah. So it's not performing that way at all. Is this light performing in any of the manners that I can understand? Is this light a hundred yards away, a mile away, many miles away? Well, the distance is really difficult to perceive at night for sure. Um, uh, from where we're sitting on in front of our campfire, um, the, the light is about 20 feet above where the profile of the top of the ridge is. But how far away from that ridge is hard to say. Uh, based on the movement that I was seeing, and my best guess as a, you know, non-freaking expert in judging distance in at night with lights, but uh, this thing appeared as though it was kind of hanging out on the top of the mesa. It wasn't 10 miles in the sky, there was a certain point where a plane flew overhead and it flew almost directly on top of where we were seeing this, this orb. Um, and it was certainly not up in, you know, air traffic distance. Like you could kind of tell that this, the other plane was flying above this object. It wasn't floating, you know, five miles in the sky or something like this. Could you hit it with a slingshot or a 22? I mean, you know, kind of my first instinct was like, pr- 
probably don't fire at it, you know. Just, <laughs> you know, one of those Americans, my first go-to for contact with any kind of other intelligence is, let's see if we can kill it, man. <laughs> Let me get the old shooting gun and bring that sucker down. So, you know, I was kind of more in awe of the situation than wondering how I could actually knock it out of the sky. With with the flashing, was, was there a sequence or a pattern or was it just completely random? Uh, well, there was certain points, actually, which was interesting because, you know, you know, after a while, we kind of were like, okay, let's just accept that this is happening and mess with it a little bit, you know? And so I was taking my headlamp and, like, flashing on and off with it, like, click, 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 you know, not in any kind of, I don't know, Morse code. I wasn't attempting any necessary, like, patterns. But um, when we were doing that... Um, the the orb would actually flicker back, you know. It would kind of go flip flip. It would, it would it would flicker on and off, not necessarily in the same pattern that I was doing, but certainly would change the normal um, color of the light and kind of flicker back as though like it recognized on some level that we had attempted to say, "Hey, I can see you. Can you see me?" You know. Interesting. So at that point, you know, then we're really starting to lose it, you know, because then it's not somebody, you know, it's not the government watching us. It's not um, a drone plane because they would have no reason except just to screw with a couple of kids in some valley. Like, okay, you know, maybe maybe, maybe the maliciousness of, of humans is, is far more de- destitute than I think that other people hike out freaking 10 miles into the wilderness hoping that somebody just shows up to camp and screw with them with a thousand, two thousand dollar equipment. I don't know. You know, I'm certainly not putting that completely out of the conversation because, you know, I have no ability to explain what it is this thing was or was not. But there were certainly moments where, like, if I was staring at it too intently, um, like, I got this feeling that it was kind of, like, coming closer. Like, if if I stared directly into it, it would almost, like slowly kind of sink down closer to me and it had like a moment of kind of feeling as though maybe I was being pulled up towards it, you know, and not that as I was being fucking abducted or anything else, but I could understand how one might have that experience when being so fixated on a point and like kind of, you know, that distance becomes shortened when your attention focuses more keenly on that one point. Did you feel like there was a magnetic pulse between the two and it was pulling you? Or if you had a rope on you and you were being tugged, was it that type of idea? No, it was kind of like just, um, it was getting closer. And I could like almost, it was like I wanted to like reach out and try and touch it. Like it felt as though the distance was changing. Like I knew I was sitting, I was sitting in front of a campfire with a friend of mine next to me, like... I was certainly not floating through the sky or, you know, freaking anything like that. But um, there was a perception of decreased distance when when I allowed myself to, like, be part of the experience. Were you at a burial ground? Where, you, where that fire was, was there an ancient burial ground around there? No, but I mean this. You know, I mean this is the this is the same hot spring that like you know, Geronimo soaked in before his famous freaking battle. Like this is this has been um, a like a sacred Indian site for 
um, thousands of years. You know, the water comes out of the frickin' side of the mountain at 130 degrees and mixes with the stream, and then right above that is this giant rock overhang. But the entire ceiling was covered in soot and ash from, you know, thousands of years of fires being burned right above this spring that has been there um, since, you know, who knows how long, but at least been used by humans long before, you know, white men came to this area. So, I mean, there's certainly, and then, you know, the, the drawings, I mean, this drawing itself, this, this tiger, I didn't even get to that. This thing was nine feet long and it was standing each foot on top of two um, pyramids, like like you'd see in Egypt. Like, they weren't mountains, and we don't have mountains like that really around here. Like, the mountains here are very rolling. And so this, you know, this nine-foot-long tiger is standing on top of these two pyramids. So, you know, the, the knowledge of that um, canyon and that spring being uh, sacred ground for for native cultures has, you know, been established for thousands of years. Whether or not it specifically was a burial ground, I doubt it, because there's too much rock and the river rushes through there. It would, you know, tear all the bodies out and dump them somewhere else. So, How was your friend who is Native American? Was he, was his sensations more intense than yours? Well, I mean, shoot, I mean, that's hard hard to really uh, quantify. Um, I know that, you know, he was coming from a funeral from his grandmother and on the Navajo reservation for the first time in many years and has been living in New York for the last 10. So the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that there was a, another part of emotional connection there because his family and his culture like group, you know, is from this area. I mean, his ancestry is probably tied in some way to that, um, you know, the tribes that were down here. So, I mean, I would imagine uh, not being, you know, anything really myself, a white mutt. I don't really know how that feels for someone who has actual heritage from a place, but I would imagine probably more intensely. Was it a peaceful place or could you feel a lot of like conflict? Like what could you describe no, the energy? It was incredibly peaceful. It was incredibly peaceful. And that was part of the thing is like that seeing that, you know, at one point I looked to my friend and I was like, I think that freaking light is flirting with us, you know, because it's kind of like, it'd kind of like peek out and then it would like duck behind something for a minute and then like peek out again and then duck back and then come out from somewhere else. And so it was from our perspective, whether or not like I'm projecting that onto it, like it really felt as though there was a playful nature, you know, um, more than like a, we're about to get freaking invaded by some, you know, it wasn't, it was it didn't, it, I was, and on the same hand too, like I wasn't at all really convinced in the moment that there was any other way to explain this than some kind of human entity, you know? Yeah. Like my go-to is certainly not, this is freaking out of this world, but after having the same experience and then, okay, so to cap this whole thing off, right? Thank goodness for social media for whatever reason, I'm... I'm on Facebook yesterday and cruising through and some of one of my friends posts this video from what says is shot in Hawaii. Turns out the video is actually shot 2012 in England, but it's the exact same freaking thing that we witnessed and it's shot in broad daylight with a central glowing orb hovering above a tree line and then these freaking flashes, like six or eight or ten, like going off in sequence around it. 
song of this guy filming it. And for me, it just blew me away because I'm looking to kind of, you know, explain this thing away and blah, 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 blah. And to see the exact same image replicated in another part of the world in like such freaking close identity, like that's when I really, you know, kind of flipped my lid and was like, no freaking way. No way. There's no way that this is such a perfect, exact representation of what we just saw here in New Mexico from, you know, 5,000 miles away in, uh, in the United Kingdom. Did you get any sense of purpose of why it was there? Um, not, not really, you know, no. Um, the only thing that I could kind of come up with was because it kept kind of coming back, it felt as though there was some need for communication, as though something was attempted to be disseminated, or at least, I mean, or at least just displayed of like that presence, you know, and like, oh, here, I'm a thing, and I'm not trying to hurt you, and don't try and hurt me. Like, is this going to be? Is this going to be okay? You know, because I, I don't know. I mean, I know that like it took a lot for me to maintain kind of a healthy mindset of like what's going on there without like totally losing it. And I think that, you know, there's been a lot of times in our history in America, and it's probably still true for large people in America, that, 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 you know, witnessing something like that really would tear your whole construct of how the world actually works apart. And for some people, you can't really rebuild after that, you know. How are you so, able to stay so calm? You just, what what did you do? I mean, it was really like having somebody else there to kind of be like, dude, this is really happening, right? Like, I'm not, you know, because, you know, we all we all think we see things sometimes. We get freaked out by our freaking coat hanging over a chair and <laughs> somebody's hiding in your closet. Like, it's sometimes hard to really trust yourself when you're by yourself and be like, okay, like, I, I really know that what I just saw is what I just saw. So to have someone else there to be able to be like, hey, did, is this, like, am I seeing this too? You're seeing this too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm seeing this. Like, okay. So we could actually process and talk about it, you know, when, like, you come back from something like that and you try and tell your friends about it and go on the radio and talk about it. It's like, you know, nobody really nobody saw it the way you did. So you're trying to kind of justify your image. And to have, have another witness there was kind of like, okay, like, you know, they can't take us both at the same time you know, or something like that. Did you want them to take you? Did you want them to land and come out and share a peace pipe with you? or Would you be open oh, to that? at a certain point, like, and this is kind of a funny thing, is it got so incessant that I was almost getting frustrated, you know? <laughs> at one point, I'm, like, shaking my fist at this thing and be like, why don't you just come down here? We got this big-ass fire waiting, like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you know, later on, I even got more frustrated, and I was like, this is the reason we stopped worshiping gods like you. You won't even come <laughs> down among us. Wow. <laughs> you know, so there was certainly, there there got to be an amount of, like, frustration almost, because I was like, I know this thing is happening, and I want more, you know? Like, I certainly wasn't wanting to be, like, taken up into the stars. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with, like, where I am and would like to be at least asked before I get abducted. Um <laughs> Were you uncomfortable? Kind of like a, okay, well, if this is something more than just a, uh, than just a, you know, a freaking weather balloon, I'd like to have a little bit more physical understanding of what it is, you know? So you were uncomfortable with kind of the uncertainty of it, that the fact that you didn't know more? Uh, yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, I can't believe anybody that wouldn't be. You know, I don't know anybody who'd willingly just be like, yeah, sure, like, let's just, you know, it's like the same reason why you don't get in frickin' cars with strangers. Like, you don't get in spaceships with strangers either, I would say. <laughs> you might be right about that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you're a very vocal person. Were you screaming at this machine once the frustration set in to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> did, did that affect it in any way? Yeah, it went away. <laughs> you rude <laughs> bastard, you. I, I certainly <laughs> pissed it off, I think. I was, like, offended and left, and it peaked out one more time after that, like, I don't know, maybe around 4.30 in the morning or something, because... Not, we couldn't sleep, man. I was, like, staring at the, like, I'm like, is this thing going to come back again? Like, it came back four times, like, four separate times. And it came up from different points and then kind of made it back to the same area in the uh, in the valley. Did you and, put like, your fire out? No, no, we had the fire going the whole time. Do you think that attracted it? Well, there was a certain point where the fire was died down a whole bunch, and, like, we stoked the fire really high, and, like, it got real big, and all of a sudden, the object, like, started fluctuating kind of wildly. It was like, hoo -hoo 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 -hoo. and, like, the fire got bigger and bigger, and then just peaced, and, like, was, you know, something, like, at that point, that was the most, like, uh, erratic or quick movement that I really saw was once the fire got real big, it was kind of a little... I don't know. It, I, Are there any know, vortexes? Like, it's, it's even weird for me to now say, like, it acted. Like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know necessarily that this thing wasn't it. Like, I'd like to just, you know, try and describe it for what I saw it as and hopefully get some description of, like, what it could be, you know? Because I'd be perfectly happy with someone giving me a reasonable explanation of what this thing is that's not some strange freaking aberration well, maybe we'll have to get a paranormal expert in, and we'll try to figure that. We'll get you on the line, and we'll try to figure this out, sir. What What would you do if you saw it again? I mean, really, I guess, like, um, for being kind of, you know, a amateur scientist, I guess, or uh, someone who's quizzical, like, I, I'd really like to capture an image of it next time, you know, like, and, you know, I had a cell phone with me, but I, when I go camping, I turn off my cell phone. That's one of my favorite things about camping. Definitely. Like, I'm off, you know, I'm done. And so there wasn't really a desire to like, oh, man, let me dig through my pack and find my freaking camera and turn it on and wait for it to get powered up so I can try and get this image. Like, it was really just trying to observe and try and, you know, take as much information in as I could to make the best possible excellent or description of what I saw. But... You know, like, I certainly have the desire to go back up there with some kind of better camera equipment and and just just see if, you know, this is a regular occurrence or, you know, if it's already been filmed somewhere else, you know, leads me to believe that maybe this is a less, you know, obscure phenomenon than, than is being reported. And you sent me a video, and I'll make sure that we post that on our website when the episode goes up. Yeah, I do. And, like, you know, full disclosure, like, I saw that video and did the research. It turns out it's been reshared um, and was tagged under a different location. And so, you know, for all the skeptics out there who are going to say, oh, this is bogus, blah, 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 like, the, the, the question is not the video is. The fact is, 
video evidence exists, which is exactly the same as what I saw. And I didn't see this video until after I'd had this experience and this fit it perfectly. So the fact that my experience was replicated in something captured for me further drives the question of what the heck's going on, you know, what's going on here. And, you know, I'd like better answers more than anything. So do you have any doubts in your mind that you imagine this or do you, is this real? Is this real to you? It's definitely real to me. Yeah. I mean, like I've, you know, I've dabbled in enough, um, alternate universe, consciousness, expanding strangeties in my life to be able to be pretty certain about the things that are aberrations of the mind and things that are difficult for the mind to explain. And this was more of the latter. Interesting. Do you appreciate it or does it bother you? Like, oh my gosh, I'm not just a human living on earth with other humans, but there's this whole idea that there could be another species around. Well, once again, once again, I want to stress that, like, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm freaking convinced 100% that this was some kind of visitation from another planet. What I'm saying is that I'm running out of other explanations for it. And and because of that, yeah, it does certainly, uh, you know, it's kind of something you can never go back from. Like, I know what experience that I had. I would love for that experience to be explained in some way where I can be like, oh, yeah, freaking stupid weather balloons, like making freaking giant freaking uh, fireworks shooting off of it in the middle of the night happens all the time. Like, let's just, you know, look for those next time we're stargazing. You know, but this is not a freaking meteor. It's not a meteor shower. It's not you know, a, a, a freaking satellite crashing into the atmosphere. Like, I've seen that kind of video. Like, I know the difference between what... And it wasn't a helicopter. Like, a sil- it wasn't a silent helicopter. Well, I mean, like, quite honestly, like, m- one of my first kind of um, uh, attempts to, to understand what was happening was uh, some kind of quadcopter, because, you know, my, my brother is into the quadcopters, and they have those, you know, eight-blade copters now, the ones they were using in... Um, in Denver for 420 flying over the thing and shit like that. Like, so there is, you know, hovering craft technology that based on the distance and kind of the way that it was moving in the sky, it's possible. You know, it's certainly possible. The, what brings into question is the amount of flashing lights happening around it. Um, and I've spoken with some people who, uh, fly drones regularly and understand battery capacity. And, you know, quite honestly, uh, it takes so much energy in order to maintain those things in the sky that it, it's not quite plausible yet to be able to per, to create that much of a display with flashes and lights of that bright magnitude. And if it if it were a drone hobbyist, I guarantee you that that video footage of that event that you experienced is on YouTube right now. Yeah. So there would be in that canyon a drone videotaping a large fire because that's how those guys are yeah yeah they're always attaching cameras to those drones and it's compulsive for them to get the footage out yeah well you know i mean quite honestly the footage of us is probably nothing you'd ever show on freaking youtube it'd basically be six hours of two guys sitting in front of a campfire staring up at a ridge how romantic oh nice (laughs) it was beautiful trust me (laughs) you should all come join me out there well not you know anybody anywhere right (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm excited to investigate this, good sir. 
Yeah, definitely. But I think well, that's kind of where I'm at too. I mean, it, what it does for me is 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 create a desire for better understanding and further investigation. You know, I'm not the type of person to jump to conclusions, but you know, as I narrow down the list of possibilities, it's it becomes more and more difficult to explain away um, some of the phenomenon, and especially any of the listeners out there. If you guys get a chance to look at this video, like it's pretty pretty compelling and i've seen a lot of you know hokey freaking ufo video and whatever else and like this this is not a it's not a craft you know this is a this is a display of lights this is a a different kind of ability than like flying around in a big silver disc or something you know Hmm. are you gonna go up there again in the near future like is this something that compels you to want to see again or do you just want to approach it from an intellectual paradigm now? I mean, I certainly, I mean, the, I feel like the, be, the, in, the best thing that I can do in order to move forward with any kind of better understanding is be able to capture some kind of actual evidence and footage. So, you know, the intellectual process is one thing, but, um, you know, in order to begin to understand whatever that phenomenon is, that phenomenon either has to be... Um, seen again um, or replicated in some demonstrable manner. So, you know, my attempts to use whatever kind of scientific reasoning that I know how is, yeah, I want to get back up there and freaking set up a freaking GoPro on, uh, you know, time lapse and see if uh, we could pick something up. Do, do you feel like you stumbled across this or that you were kind of chosen to see it? I mean, based on how things happen with like the freaking hieroglyphs, and everything else, like, it really did feel as though we didn't stumble across it, you know, and especially having this thing kind of come back, you know, had we stumbled across it, it probably would have moved on, you know, as you stumble across a wild animal and startle it, it doesn't really come back and peek around and see how you're doing again. So there was, there was certainly, um, once, once the experience happened again in the third and a fourth time, it was like, wow, like this is, you know, this is happening for us or to us or, you know, in our presence it, with some intention, you know, it felt like, because otherwise it'd be on and gone and hiding and on to the next thing, you know. So here's my thought. When my grandmother died, she was a very old soul, and we had a very good relationship. But from the moment she died, when her heart stopped for about 48 hours, I felt her presence everywhere. And especially with birds, there were eagles that would be around me within a matter of 100 yards. There was a time when I was sitting on my grandpa's balcony and a bird was just flying right next to me and then would come and sit on the banister on the balcony. And I was like, that's my grandma. Like, I'm completely convinced that I'm having an interaction with my grandmother who's moved on to another form or into another sphere of earth and so that's where i instantaneously thought with your friend who's an indian from that time maybe that was his grandmother yeah but you know i mean i don't know i've never seen my grandmother come back to me anyway like that and uh i certainly never met his grandmother and you know i i don't I, i don't really know how any of that works or how things cross over but uh I, I bring that up because there's a lot of those ex- I bring it up because there's a lot of those experiences out there too. 
But interesting. Yeah, I mean, at one point, you know, it's like I'm looking at this thing flying, and I'm like, man, that could very well just be a ferry, you know? I was like, it's got wings. It's, like, hovering around. Like, the wind would kind of be blowing it around. But, like, you know, that's just as freaking crazy as anything else. Well, we will have you on in a couple of weeks, and we'll try to have an expert in, either in studio or over the phone, and we'll have you in. And you'll have done some more research. I certainly won't have researched it. But All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you'll show up prepared. <laughs> you know how I roll, brother. <laughs> Completely unprepared. Well, we got to get out of here. We got another show coming in here in just a couple of minutes, but I'm glad you're safe. At any point, did you want to make intercourse with this alien? Like, were you hoping to get some? Well, uh, you know, you, you never know. I've got enough problems with my relationships with people of this species. I think that, you know, a long-distance relationship of that kind might be more problematic than I need. <laughs> you don't want to be an intergalactic baby daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what child support is on fucking Cicero 9. <laughs> oh. Well, I love you, man, and take care, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, and I want to encourage all the listeners out there, you know, like, please chime in with your two cents via Twitter, social media, whatever else, uh, freaking light up the boards, um, you know, everybody should be talking about it, because... Are you going to be writing about, about it on your Facebook or anything like that? Like, what's your Facebook so that they can tune in on that? Um, you know, I don't know. Nobody really trying to read my Facebook. I just look at it for fucking news articles. But um, all right, all yeah, you radio um, on Twitter, and we'll uh, keep you posted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep the conversation alive on old Kute, and we'll uh, we'll pick it up as it uh, develops. Oh, uh, there's no more Kute, sir. Nope. <laughs> this is uh, all yeah. a earholemedia.com production, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're saying you're doing a. Uh, doing it for them so I, I i i take that back just take it out your ear hole and put it right back in ours there you go sir. there you go all right i'll talk to you soon man later man all right you guys take care take care johnny yeah you too man all right very fascinating sir yeah that was interesting i uh i always think about stuff like that i always wonder about you know what's out there just because like mathematically how could there not be something out there you there know has to be there has to be right we can't be the only we can't this can't be it. We can't be the pinnacle of of creation and evolution and everything. Like this can't be it. It it can't be just us. I hope it's not just us. No, we're a very primitive people still. Yes, with, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, it's like it it's weird though. I've seen stuff like that outside of the Wasatch like from my backyard. I've mm-hmm. seen lights rise up very quickly and then speed off and you don't hear any copter noises you don't hear any engine noises and you can't make sense of it you're like whoa that's really cool Mm -hmm. i i haven't seen many things but i've definitely felt things more but i'm more the type of person who 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 does feel things like i remember life by the way it felt not really by the way i remember it i just kind of remember how i feel and like i've definitely been in like rooms and hospitals where i've known that people have died and know that you know horrible things have happened like i felt it have you ever uh okay so when i was in high school i went to a high school in ojai california and it was on a chumash burial ground and oh, it was wow. a boarding school and none of the kids from taiwan or south korea could live in the dorms hmm. because they all saw ghosts interesting none of the white kids ever saw it but yeah. they all did and 
I never had those feelings. I never felt any of those experiences, but certainly other people did. Yeah. You know, well, uh, in California specifically, when I would, we, we would do um, uh, field trips to the missions a lot and I would feel awful and I would feel like awful things there. And I would, and I would learn later on in life that, you know, terrible things had happened to the Indians that didn't go along with the missionaries at the missions and stuff like that. You, I, I, I think that, you know, there's a certain energy that passes over when, you know, certain things occur in the human life that, you know, can't be explained like remnants of horrible things, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's work homework assignments. Let's work on finding a paranormal yep. expert, a UFO expert. Um, if there is any uh, anyone who knows of a paranormal expert or is someone that is into that, please message me on Twitter at Johnny McKeon, M-C-K-E-O-N. You can hit me up there. You can also hit me up on uh, Instagram at Johnny McKeon, M-C-K-E-O-N. Yeah. Yeah. Just and, reach uh, out. Tune into him Saturday morning. 6 to 10 on Mix 107.9. Johnny Promo. Johnny Promo. He will play you all your favorites, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Britney Spears. Uh, we, we play a lot of Ariana Grande. We play a lot of George Ezra. Um, we play, you know, some Walk the Moon. A, l- a little bit of everything that's nice, like a little bit of One Republic every now and then. I'm a fan. I'm I enjoy play, that. Put a boot in your ass. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to work for a radio station where I actually enjoy the music. So that that's that's definitely a boon in this industry. Well, beautiful man, I appreciate you, and uh, we'll see all of you. Well, we'll talk to all of you. Very shortly. Yes, it's good to be back, and uh, thank you for listening. Mazel mazel. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, What a wonderful